Uh, it's definitely, I would say it's in my top 10 Kate songs, just in terms of how much I've listened to it and like mm. what it means to me as a song. The sound and the lyrics, you know, I mean, it just sounds really epic. Mm-hmm. Like the way that the synth build it sounds very empowering. And I guess the lyrics are empowering as well. Like I listened to the song a lot when I was in a bad relationship that I was trying to leave. Mm. And that's definitely like the song is kind of someone, I guess, like almost psyching themselves up to leave someone that's hard to leave. And I feel like the very end, you do feel like she's gonna do it this time. Mm-hmm. And I think that was really important to me. And it's just a great song. Strange Phenomena, the music of Kate Bush. I'm Cecily Link, and this week we're going to be talking about a Kate Bush B-side, the B-side to The Big Sky, called Not This Time. talk about the song this week is hi i'm cassandra de alba i'm a longtime kate bush fan and i love this song i know like nobody like really talks about this song so it's like when we got in mess you messaged me on twitter i'm like oh not this time okay cool like nobody has that one you got it (laughs) (laughs) so what is it about this song that makes it one of your top 10 favorites then yeah it's definitely I would say it's in my top 10 Kate songs just in terms of how much I've listened to it and like mm-hmm. what it means to me as a song the sound and the lyrics you know I mean it just sounds really epic mm-hmm. like the way that the synth build it sounds very empowering and I guess the lyrics are empowering as well like I listened to the song a lot when I was in a bad relationship that I was trying to leave mm-hmm. and that's definitely like the song is kind of someone I guess like almost psyching themselves up to leave someone that's hard to leave. And I feel like the very end, you do feel like she's going to do it this time. Mm-hmm. And I think that was really important to me. And it's just a great song. Yeah, I know what you mean about the, with the meaning of the song. It's I was digging into this for, for this episode. And I'll admit, I never really paid much attention to this song. I liked it. I mean, the first time I heard it was on the um, This Woman's Work box set because mm-hmm. um, it was I didn't get her singles back in the day, obviously. And so that's how I heard this song. And I liked it, but I didn't really think much of it. But for me, this song 
really hit me um by the time this episode comes out it will have been almost a year since I uh, quit a job where I felt belittled mm. I worked with a manager who wasn't very hot and cold sometimes she was really nice and sometimes she wasn't and I seemed to catch her on her bad days and I would be I was belittled in front of customers oh I've also had that manager and, and that's I sucks. think a lot of people have you know and it took a lot of courage for me to finally go you know what I don't get paid enough to deal with this and mm-hmm. I quit and now I'm moving on to <clears throat> You know, I'm focusing more on the podcast and doing other things. And it hit me like a couple <coughs> a couple weeks after I quit the job, I listened to this song. It actually was when we connected. And I went, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, not this time. Let me let me play this song. I haven't heard this song. The tears. <laughs> I started crying. Like, oh, man, the feels like it felt like this person she was singing about was me stuck at that, like, retail job and working for this person who belittled me and it's just it's now it is not it's not in my top 10 overall but it is snuck in like favorite b-sides because it, it hits me right in the feels man yeah it's a really powerful song and i wish more people knew it really i mean seriously Speaking of more people knowing about this song, interspersed throughout this week's episode will be clips of a fan remix that I found on YouTube by Alphan Music, A-L-P-H-A-N. You can find this remix and many remixes of other deeper cake cuts on YouTube. From Gatha.org, originally published on the Love Hounds mailing list, Saturday, May 3rd, 1986. Subject, not this time. In reference to recent inexplicable comments published recently regarding not this time. First of all, I must state flatly that this track sounds absolutely nothing like Journey. Second, it is extremely similar both in terms of production and song structure to Kate's other anthem-style Hounds of Love b-side, Burning Bridge. I assume that these two recordings sound so much alike because they represent Kate's quickest and least polished new demo style of recording, done in her new studio with the core of her band and a very fast OTT overdubbing of her own voice in the huge final choruses. The recording is nevertheless completely unlike anything heard on commercial radio, not only in the strange melodic twists and bursts and bridge, but in the disquieting hysteria of the final choruses as well. Doug has reacted unexpectedly to new Kate Bush material in the past, as with Running Up That Hill. I'm surprised that he hasn't learned that her music often demands a slow assimilation by the listener over time, but that such time is invariably well spent. This is not to say that either Burning Bridge or Not This Time are crucial parts of the KB oeuvre, only that heated and irrational references to Journey are as unwarranted in one case as in the other. I mean, The Big Sky is one of my favorite songs, too. So, mm-hmm. Well, I, mean, I was about to ask like, what, what you thought of the A-side. Oh, I love that song. I love the video for it. I think it's so fun. I love the the remix to it. Like, It's great. I mean, Hounds of Love is such an incredible album. Mm-hmm. And 
but I do feel like this song easily could have been on the album. I think it could have been. I mean, it's the Hounds of Love era is like, like it's all songs about love, but it's all different facets of it. And it's not, you know, your cliche baby, baby sort of things. Right. <laughs> and, and this one, it, it feels like it's, it's, you know, you, you, you are in love with this person, but they're abusing you. And that's an aspect of love. Yeah. I just, I feel like that song is really fun. And then this song is not, I don't know if you could call it fun. No, but not it's, really. It's definitely, I've used this word before. I might use it again. It's epic. I feel like, mm-hmm. I feel like it just builds in this way. That's really, really special. Well, I did think that this song pairs really well with the big sky because the big sky has all of those like overlapping vocals. They're rolling over mm-hmm. like a big, big cloud rolling like a bit over like a, in the big sky and then the end of this song is that two ea two ea two ea oh and just repeating and repeating and repeating. Right. It has all these layers. And it kind of one thing that I didn't think about until I started kind of listening to the song more so I'd have more things to talk about is that the last thing you hear from her is she, her screaming. And you hear this scream and that's almost the same way that get out of my house ends mm. which i found interesting because that song is obviously super super weird um but in a way i feel like those songs are linked in that way um and that they are both this speaker kind of trying to reclaim something and they end in the scream mm-hmm. and i just thought that that was cool because maybe for the scream is her going okay you know what, finally i'm just like shoving you out or just shoving it out you know yeah absolutely I think is interesting about this song is that you actually get to hear a little profanity from her yeah I was going to say that <laughs> I I don't know I was trying to google it a little bit I don't have a definitive answer is this the only song where she swears <laughs> it's the only one honestly that I, can I think, think it is because <laughs> the only other recording where I with of her swearing is a bootleg of her singing full house on the first to- on her tour and she starts the song and then she stops and just goes, fucking hell. Thank you. And it goes into it like that's it. But that's a bootleg. That's not an official release. I do think that this is the only song where she actively uses profanity. Not that I'm offended by things like whatever, but it's just it's notable. Like, wait a minute. You never hear you say this kind of stuff. Hey, <laughs> I find that so interesting. And I kind of wonder if maybe that was a factor in it not being an album track or in it not being a single. But, I mean, in terms of the song, like like we were talking about, not a lot of people have talked about the song. I scoured the web looking for even like 
any little shred of thing where Kate would have talked about the song or other, I know other people on Gaffa Web have talked about it, but it's more in them trying to figure out what the hell she's even singing. <laughs> <laughs> but not many people talk about the song at all. Yeah, the most that I found is like someone uploaded it to YouTube and all the YouTube comments are people being like, I love this song. Why wasn't this on the album? It's so good. Mm. You know, but there's not like a lot of overall internet discourse. about the song I think maybe because it is harder to find I think it wasn't even released as a remaster right it wasn't on that no and here's the thing it was the only way you can get the song is to go on YouTube yeah it's free there guys and (laughs) honestly that's where I usually get most of my rare sort of stuff anyway Mm -hmm. Um, or if you go back to the vinyl single for the big sky flip it over there it is on the B-side, or if you get the This Woman's Work box set that was released in 89-90. Like that's the right, only so way to get this song. So it's not even on the other sides. So I looked at this track list like, wait a minute. Yo. <laughs> Where is this? Hey. I'm curious if she just almost perceives this as like a throwaway song maybe because mm-hmm. she doesn't talk about it. She hasn't really given it a lot, and mm-hmm. I love this song so much. That makes me sad. I mean, she's talked about Burning Bridge more than this song. <laughs> now, Burning Gosh. Bridge, her, her going, oh, yeah, that was kind of like meant as like a, yeah, whatever, throwaway kind of thing. Maybe it is that she felt that way about this one. Maybe, but it clearly, I mean, you listen to it and it's, I don't know that much about music. That's really your area, but it sounds <laughs> like it's a very complicated mix. It sounds like there's a lot of different things happening musically. So it's not like you could have just recorded this in a couple takes and been done with it. Like effort went into making the song happen. From gaffa.org. Originally published to the Lovehounds mailing list, Wednesday, May 7th, 1986. Subject, if not this time, then when will you capitulate? Well, sure, the vocals are distinctly Kate and add some value to the song, and there is elephantotic distortion distortion on the guitar that Journey would never use, but in general, it has the melodic, rhythmic, and overproduced characteristic, you know, the way that lots of instruments all merge to create a muddled wash that is so common in Journey-ish AOR pop of American corporate rock. The reply. This is, after all, a matter of opinion, and I'm trying to remember that, but really... The stylistic similarities between Burning Bridge and Not This Time are clearly audible. Far more audible than the similarities which you claim exist between Not This Time and American Corporate Rock, good term. Of course, the vocals are, quote, distinctly Kate, quote, but what's more significant is how they are distinctly Kate. One thing many listeners notice when listening to, say, the final epic, and by your definition apparently, quote, overproduced, Choruses of the Big Sky is the abandon, the deliberate throwing away of technical control in Kate's vocals. A similar liberated singing style can be heard in a more understated form in The Morning Fog. But this kind of singing is much more obvious in Burning Bridge and not this time, and it does not, I argue, appear before the new album. Beyond that, 
the whole concept of structuring a song with the overwhelming emphasis on a long closing sequence of choruses sung by Kate's voice many times overdubbed and consisting of tiddly o's or some other traditional folk phonetics in the tradition of tra-la-la is distinctive of these new Hounds of Love songs. Just think of the background vocals in Alternate Hounds and you can see immediately how similar they are to the chorus in Not This Time. Furthermore, such a concept and such use of phonetic choruses are not only absent in Boston or Journey or Foreigner or Styx, they are completely antithetical to the musical principles or absence of same espoused by those bands. Furthermore, if I were obliged to find similarities between the song and the music of any of these bands, I would single out the guitar, despite the elephantotic distortion. The introduction of such guitar in the last choruses is a staple of commercial American rock. I might also cite Kate's use of the popular endearment Baby, but this work cropped up in Running Up That Hill without condemning the song as a sellout to Journey. As to rhythm, there I'll agree with you that its links with mainstream rock are strong, but not so strong that the closest musical parallel to Not This Time must be Journey. The rhythms of rock have always been extremely limited, and the differences between a brilliant, adventurous rock rhythm and a dull, unoriginal one can usually be traced to slight changes in emphasis of a beat and alterations of tuning, miking, and recording techniques. Finally, in response to your contention that Not This Time shares melodic characteristics with Journey, well, I'm baffled. There are so many beautiful details of melody, both as written and as interpreted, which are unique to Not This Time and which place it so firmly within Kate's native English musical tradition that I am at a loss to understand how they can all have failed to meet your notice. Definitely the ending. I think production-wise, and actually I'm trying to even find like production credits, like who all else played on this song, I couldn't find anything. Yeah, I looked for that as well. Like I even looked like on eBay, like typing in, the big sky single like hoping that like maybe it was on the back of the single or something and right. i didn't see anything there yeah there's piano because the song starts with piano there's obviously her vocals i know there's a guitar in there somewhere because when she when it goes you know i feel you and i forget myself there's a guitar that kicks in who knows mm -hmm. who's playing that some drums and there are a shit ton of her vocals at the end like yeah right. that stuff i know from personal experience like recording yourself like stacking up harmonies like that that takes a while to do because <laughs> you're trying to you're constantly you're just singing with yourself and you're doubling yourself so your voice sounds bigger than it really is and a lot of pop people kind of do that anyway but you have to be like make sure you're like on pitch for everything otherwise if you like you're off by just a little bit you can hear it Now 
there was a lot of effort that went into making this. Right. And I feel like having read a little bit about just Kate's recording style and like listening to you talk about it on the podcast, she was definitely someone who was like, no, we need to do this again because we need to get it right. And so I feel like this song probably took a lot of takes, a lot of like days mm-hmm. and then for no one to talk about it. Why? No. So good. <laughs> Well, and presumably this was recorded in her home studio, because I know at this point she was, uh, Kate had built her own home studio at her parents' house, so she had a much more relaxed environment where people were, like, her. she had her family coming in all the time, she didn't have to be like, oh, wait, this, this, I need it from this and this time, and it's going to cost X amount of dollars, like, she, mm-hmm. she can just go in and go into her little happy space <laughs> and just record. <laughs> Yeah, so she seems like she had the time to, like, spread out and do whatever she wanted. I feel like this, yeah, this song would have had a lot of love poured into it. like really like just captures you I mean I think it's it's really catchy honestly I think it's one of her catchier songs I think like I get it stuck in my head you know and I feel like you know, one of the things that Graham Thompson says about it is like oh this could have charted in the United States if she'd released as a single and I think it probably could have um, I actually looked at the number one songs that year and there are a lot of like ballads you know this I guess you would call this a power ballad right I think so mm-hmm. um, and there are a lot of kind of similar songs like Cindy Lauper's True Colors was on the charts that year that kind of thing I can see this being played on the radio alongside that but I guess I mean Kate's never really been that interested in <laughs> conventional success or breaking into the states. exactly <laughs> and absolutely more power to her I mean, we are a big country. It would take a long time to tour. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. Yeah, I think the way the song builds also, you know, it starts so quiet with the piano and her voice. And then by the end, you have those, yeah, the overlapping vocals we've talked about and the synth and like her screaming. Yeah, because to me, the buildup is like, you know, she starts off where, you know, oh, with a mind that renders everything sensitive, what chance do I have here? That her voice is very delicate. And I love too. And it's how it starts softly, like you were talking about, and her her voice is like she's got a very control. She's like her vibrato is so controlled, and it's the point. Like it sounds like she's kind of trembling as she's singing. It's like like she's maybe like cowering in fear of this person. Oh God, I'm starting to get teary thinking of the manager, and and that's one of my favorite lines in the song is is the, with a mind that renders everything sensitive. What chance do I have here? I get like she. It's somebody who f- she feels a lot and she knows that she's just going to get trampled on and you know i feel trapped Right. It's so, that's such a beautiful line. Mm-hmm. And 
and you hear that in her voice. And then as the song builds, you hear her voice get more assured and you hear her yeah. have that power in it. And by the end, you're like, okay, you know, you're doing it. You've got this. Mm-hmm. Girl, you're stronger than you think you are. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And even when she goes through, like, like the first time she sings, not this time, she's got, you got the, the, the guitar behind her. And then the more she repeats, like toward the end, she gets her ha ah, things in the background. <laughs> okay, oh yay! Here we come with the little Kates. Yay, bringing those in. <laughs> something kind of I forgot to mention like speaking of like the voice that this the I the I in the song that's addressed or that's talking to the you we don't know whether this is a guy or a girl like is this is she is she singing as a woman singing to a man or singing to an or is she a man singing to another woman who knows like it's completely genderless yeah which is cool because then I mean, anyone listening to this can apply it. If, you know, anyone of any gender can apply this to anyone of any gender. Mm-hmm. If they're listening to it, it becomes very, very universal in that way. Definitely. And I think, and I think this is kind of a universal song because I think a lot of us have had this, this experience. And I think this song is, it's just great to listen to if you're in a bad situation. I think it can kind of give you a lot of hope and strength. Yeah, I know it did for you, and it certainly did for me. Mm-hmm. and she swears in it which is just yes. fun <laughs> <laughs> although the way she sings it it's like you're like did you actually say this because you're right. like, I didn't... yeah i don't think i actually realized that that's what she was saying for a while and yeah it's what you you keep the shit away is that it mm-hmm. oh yeah turio turio that's what i say to keep me going to keep the shit away You can tell this is from the Hounds of Love era. She's doing a lot of that with her voice. From Gaffa.org, originally published to the Love Hounds mailing list. Saturday, September 26, 1987. Subject, KB Complete Lyrics. Kate Bush Complete is the title of a new and long-promised book that has finally been published by EMIIMP Books. It is a collection of all of Kate's songs published to date, and it even solves a few mysteries. And not this time, both Doug Allen and IED seem to have been wrong about the words in the second verse. According to this new book, the lines are, 
I don't know why I give in, but I do every time. And here I am wondering why I did it again. Turie, Turio, that's what I say. It keeps me going and it keeps the ship away. I have not yet, however, entirely accepted the above transcription. There are a number of errors that can be confirmed in other songs as published in this book, which indicate either that Kate was not consulted about every detail of the lyrics to be printed, or that she didn't inspect every detail too carefully when she had the chance. No specific information is given about how close the Bush's involvement was with this project. But looking at these new lyrics, IED can't help suspecting that ship is a euphemism on the part of the editors. There's no reason for using ship in the context of this song, none at all that IED can see. On the other hand, shit makes absolute perfect sense in the verse, echoing almost exactly the meaning of the first phrase in the same line, it keeps me going. So you be the judge. Mark, Doug, and the rest of the loyal Lionhearts, IED awaits your opinions with great interest. Absolutely. And I do feel like it could have it could have found a place on side A. <laughs> I think I think it could have done that. I think so. Uh, I mean not to I love all of her songs. I just I I think I think it even could have replaced maybe Mother Sands for Comfort on the A side. I think I was gonna say yeah. that. <laughs> I feel bad. It's just it's just not I feel like that's more of a B side than this is, like in in terms of like spiritually. <laughs> well, and that's one that well doesn't get talked about much either, except for the breaking glass thing in there, like in Babushka. Mm-hmm. But, but it does it does have a nice energy to it, and it's it, does. it it fits well as a B side for us for a song that's all like oh yeah let's all sing together and just communal kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the uh, the two the I feel like the ending with the two it's like Turie 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 Oh sounds like something from an old folk song. It does, yeah. And which you know because she has recorded old folk songs because she does take those elements from it. I assume that's intentional. Mm-hmm. Well, this is the era of her doing uh, an adaptation <laughs> of My Leg in Love and um, the Handsome Cabin Boy. Right. Right. So those would have been recorded around the same time. Mm-hmm. I mean, this almost even sounds like I, I can definitely tell this was from kind of the Hounds of Love era because it's it's got a lot of those like kind of more wordless vocals than she's really ever done. It's just like random sounds that she mm-hmm. just like like in Mother Stands for Comfort. It's like ah woo ah woo ah woo ah woo. Or when she's on the, um, the big country song, The Seer, when she's in the background, she's like, yeah, 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 woo. <laughs> this is like the era of her doing those things with her voice and like double, like triple and quadruple. And oh my God, I cannot, oh, I can only just imagine mixing one of her songs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's which also, kind of buried. Which also makes me think back to my, uh, the, the, the lady I worked for that um, when I was often feeling very scared, um, wondering, okay, is she in a good mood today or not? I'm not sure. I would rearrange stuff in the store and just like sing to myself. I would Mm -hmm. sing to myself to like calm me down and to like, like kind of help me like, okay, you can do this. It's going to be okay. And I would just sing random things to my, to myself, not exactly to re to re but just, 
I'm singing whatever kind of comes to my mind to keep me going and to keep the, the fear and the shit away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I think part of the universality of the song is like, you know, I listen to it in the context of a romantic relationship. You're able to listen to it in the context of a work relationship. It can be about mm-hmm. friendship. It can be, it can be about anything. From Gappa.org, originally published the Love Hounds mailing list. Thursday, April 25th, 1991. From Chris Williams, Kate fans at C-H-I-N-E-T dot C-H-I dot I-L dot U-S. Subject, not this time. Vicky here. I tried to find my original post about not this time, but couldn't find it. As long as the subject is fairly current, I'd like to jump in again with my interpretation, mainly because to me, it's a song with a very important social and emotional message. In my humble opinion, it's a song about a battered woman who can't seem to break away from the husband slash lover, question mark, who's treating her so badly. She finally comes to a decision that she must make the break to save herself. As with most Kate songs, we have to fill in our own details on background information and situations. The lyrics I hear are slightly different from either Peter Manchester's or Kate Bush Complete. Oh, with a mind that renders everything in sensitive, what chance do I have here? If the word sensitive, then she's talking about herself. She's a person who sees things in a gentle way and the relationship she's in threatens to make her into a hard and cynical person. If the word is insensitive, which is what I hear, she's talking about him, but the meaning is the same. How can she remain true to her gentle nature while she's with a man who doesn't know the meaning of the word gentle? Put an end, put an end, put an end to every dream. She might as well forget about any dreams she has of a decent and happy life as long as she's in this relationship. He's putting an end to all her dreams. When you're near, I fear you and I forget myself. The word is definitely fear. I hear it very clearly. Listen closely to how she sings the word. Quavering. The character is scared. She has to forget all about herself and become totally subservient when he's around, or else she'll get beaten. Of course, she might be abused no matter how she acts. Not this time, baby. Not this time. Not this time, baby. She's trying to get up the courage to leave him for good. Here, she's still a bit timid and unsure, though the second baby has a slight hard edge to it almost cold and calculating. I don't know why I give him, but I do every time, and here I am wondering why I did it again. She always get, She's always given in to his demands. She's always been meek, and she's always gone back to him. For the first time, she's questioning what's wrong with her, that she can't stand up for her own rights. Turie, turio, turie, turio, turio, must I say, to keep me going, to keep the shit away. This Irish phrase is sort of a personal mantra. Perhaps it reminds her of good times in the past, probably from before she met this jerk. I don't know what it is every time you're near. I fear you and I forget myself. No, not this time, baby. Not this time you won't. Not this time, not this time, darling. He'll never abuse her again. She's finally made up her mind. She's finally gotten up the courage to leave him and start her life anew. The relief in her voice is apparent, and the shouts of jubilation are almost chilling in their intensity. Come on, we all sing. Simple lyrics don't convey all that's going on in the last half of the song. Her voice gets stronger and more confident, and there are lots of voices swirling about. 
Actually, sometimes I hear the shouts of jubilation at the end of screams of insanity, and a possible alternate interpretation is that she can't stand his beatings and abuse anymore and kills him in a fit of passionate self-preservation. The line, not this time you won't, supports this. Who knows? Maybe Kate saw the burning bed right before writing this song. Whatever, it's way too short, and I love it. Vicky, one of Vicky and Chris. Yeah, I think the first time I heard this song was probably I had downloaded this woman's work. Um, and I was kind of listening to it, like, maybe casually, because I remember kind of, like, listening to the end of the song, not paying much attention, and then, like, when that chorus comes in, being like, oh, oh, what is this? And kind of restarting it and listening to it again and then listening to it again. <laughs> yeah, even her B-sides are incredible. How does she do it? How is this, how is this a B-side? <laughs> Yeah, it's like I, I kind of felt the same way about Under the Ivy because that's that oh one is gosh. one of my top ten favorites. Yeah, even this in this era, I feel like her creativity. I mean, she, she was super she was super creative in, in the Dreaming era for sure, and I feel like that continues into Hounds of Love, and now it's like even more of an explosion because she's just she's got her own home studio and she can just record at her leisure. She can record whatever she wants. I would love to know if there were other just lost tracks out there. Right. I've never even heard that are like this. Right. Because I feel like there are, I've seen like demos and, you know, unreleased B-sides floating around from a lot of other albums. And then I think like her earlier stuff, you know, we have all these non-album tracks, but I feel like this era, probably because she had so much control over what was happening, there's nothing released. I think that she didn't want to be released. Right. And I, yeah, I would love to hear what ended up not making the cut from this era because I bet it would be incredible. Mm -hmm. And yeah, the fact that she like had so much more control at this point in her career, it's even more puzzling that this wasn't put on the remasters. Right. Like what the hell you, you, you recorded it in your house. Maybe, maybe the masters had deteriorated or something by then. Who knows? Maybe, or maybe just this song wasn't a priority for her, but there are so many other things mm -hmm. on those remasters. Or maybe she was like, this song is perfect and I don't need to change anything. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Because she doesn't give interviews and we're not going to know yeah, how she feels about this. She's never even talked about this song. It's like, what? You know, but I've come across songs like this in the show so far where she doesn't even she's never talked about the magic really well she's talked actually she has talked about the magician what am i saying never mind um but or scares me silly she's never talked about scares me silly but it gets me going so i'm just like i don't know another song that i love <laughs> like i don't know like what do i do that way they talk about the song i don't know it's a full of the cam okay <laughs> Yeah, it's so it's so hard. Yeah, I did look to see like what the people thought about the song, like how other people feel about it, and it seems like largely ignored. Mm -hmm. And that's really frustrating because I think it's so cool. And I I assume you haven't had anyone else reach out to talk to you about it. No, you are the only one. This song is yours. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I hope you get someone else just because it's so good, and I want to hear other people's perspectives on mm -hmm. it. But it, I mean, at the very least, I hope that like. 
fans who are listening to this podcast and maybe this isn't a song they really listen to will go back and listen to it again mm-hmm. after hearing this episode. Seriously. That's, that's, and that's part of why I wanted to do this show. It's like, we got a lot of little songs like this that people don't really talk about. Yeah, I definitely so. had never really listened to like Kidnapped on a Building Site, for example, <laughs> before this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and I am someone who does like dig through B-sides and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Honestly, like honestly, I kind of feel like this was going to be like a shorter episode. Yeah, just because there isn't any context material to bring into it. No, no, really. It's just the song itself, which is so beautiful, and everyone should listen to it. And the lyrics are so—I mean, the lyric that you pointed out earlier—that that just the opening with a mind that renders everything sense. Oh, so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe even make you cry like it did. It didn't even when I, but right before we started talking, I listened to it. I'm doing the dishes and I'm just like, oh God. Oh, am I going to be able to talk about this song? I'm crying. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This just, this song has just really hit me in the feels <laughs> a lot more than it ever has. Oh, I really do hope that people, people take the time to listen to it. Um, because it is on the level of things that are on Hounds of Love, which is such a beautiful album. I actually, I have a, I have two Kate Bush tattoos, and one of them Ooh. is um, from the lyrics of Hounds of Love. Oh, really? What is it? It's um, it's a representation of someone uh, taking their shoes off and throwing them in the lake. Ah. <laughs> and what's the other one? Um. Oh, I have actually um, <laughs> uh, the just the line, the cross, and the curve, like the symbols. <laughs> my angle so yeah folks go and listen to this song please make this better known yes it's so good for real man <laughs> come on we all sing everybody for listening to this week's episode of strange phenomena the music of kate bush what a way to start off a new year and also technically a new decade with a new episode of the show 
I know there was a little bit of a break there because of the holidays, but we're back in business and everything. So this means that next week, and I do mean actually next week, we're going to be putting out the next episode, which will be about Experiment 4. And I can tell you that is going to be a really cool episode because I get to talk with none other than Dave Cross, one of the guys who founded the Homeground fanzine. And we got to go talk about his involvement actually with the Experiment 4 video, but that will be all for next week. Until then, if you have a favorite Kate Bush song that you would like to add a couple of thoughts on, we have a hotline at area code 757-349-6886. You can also drop me an email, kb as in boy, cast at linkmedia.com. That's link with an E. You can also find me on the web at kbcast.linkmedia.com. You can also find this podcast on iTunes and wherever you get your podcasts. And on Twitter at StrangeKateCast and on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Kate Bush Podcast. So lots of different places to find me. And at the end of the season, I'm going to be compiling a fan episode, Let the Weirdness In. So if you have other thoughts on a song from either this season or previous season, feel free to message me at any of those and we'll add your stuff to the show. At any rate, we will see everybody next week for a discussion of the single from the whole story, Experiment 4. See everybody then. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.